Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Life Coaching. This is Noelle once again flying solo today, but not completely solo because one of the most important elements of our coach training program is our instructors. And in this episode, it is my deepest pleasure to speak with Danielle Adams Wilshire all about working as a coach. We're going to touch on how to become one, and defying expectations around what that might mean. Danielle, how are you? I'm doing exceptionally well, thank you. And it is exciting to be here and having this conversation with you today. I have to share with our listeners that all of our instructors at Lumia are amazing. And when you and I first connected, it was one of the greatest love fests in recent memory. So thank you so much for bringing all of you to your work, to our organization, and to our podcast today. I'm just delighted. Thank you. I appreciate the instant connection too, because (laughs) I'm telling you, some things just go together like peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) They do. They do. So let's talk about who you are. Who are you in the world? Where are you in the world? Oh my goodness. I feel like I am so many things. Um, I, I, I mean, if I were to quote Shaka Khan and Whitney Houston, I am every woman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's start with, um, I am definitely someone who is proudly uh, claiming the state of New Jersey. I am a New Jerseyan, Jersey girl. I also am from or living in Pennsylvania. And as far as who I am, gosh, I am a leadership development coach and instructor, a public speaker. I actually am a TED Fellows coach as well. I'm also someone who widely accepts that I am a foodie and food is my love language. I love anything that is meaty, potato-y, cheesy. And I think that barbecue sauce is lotion for the soul. Yes. And and I also love to adopt or rescue little black and white or not so little black and white terrier type dogs, just to (laughs) name a few things. Awesome. Awesome. I share your Jersey roots and Pennsylvania transplant. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a good divide to straddle. So in in your work with Lumia, what do you teach for us, or more so, what are your favorite topics to dive into because you do so much for our organization? Absolutely. More commonly, I can be found teaching the signature and mentoring um, portions of our programs, but I do have to say that one of my absolute favorites tends to be active listening and powerful questioning, just because it is such an integral part of the coaching framework. Yeah. So for those who don't know, the signature piece and the mentoring comes along with the ICF, the International Coaching Federation portion of our training. And you're spot on that active listening and powerful questioning are kind of, I think, foundational to coaching. What? Let's take each one. So let's, let's cue up active listening. What's good about active listening? What do you like about it? 
You know, it's it's something that I think that people take for granted and simply assume they know how to do well because they have at least one ear. And and I, I say that to be, of course, you know, partially facetious, but people don't tend to think of the ratio of listening and speaking. So I used to say to my staff many, many years ago that you have two ears and one mouth, so listen twice as much as you speak. Ooh, I love that. I love that. How do you think that that advice plays out in the coaching conversation or more specifically, this is a a muscle that we all need to build as coaches. What are the benefits of listening more than speaking? There is so much to be gained. I mean, talk about your meat and potatoes. This is all wrapped up in what you hear your clients saying to you. So without it, without the story, without the the tone and the inflection and even the delivery of the message, so much is lost. I agree. I agree. Something that I delight in with the coaching mastery process is being able to use active listening to get into and engage all of your senses and to also pull from bodily sensations and intuition. Yeah. What's your experience with that piece of it? Have you, uh, have you had those experiences in session with clients or with training students? Yes. I, I tend to, I tend to imagine or approach my client conversations as if we're always on the phone. So I, I tend to listen very intuitively for changes or shifts in the, the meter or the pace that the client is speaking with, or if there is a shift in their tone, I have the ability to pick up on breath or changes in breath, which I feel is something that's so powerful. Wow. Can you explain that a little bit more? That is really cool. Yes. And it's something that I must credit to my days working in a call center, right? Because we all have to start somewhere. <laughs> and it was the only tool that you had was was what you could hear the person saying. So changes in breath might mean that the there's a, a huff or a sigh, or you may hear someone's breath catch in their words where they almost gasp, like, and you hear that pause that they take, or you may even hear tension in someone's voice and you'll notice subtle shifts in their volume or the tone of their voice. So if it's someone you've been working with a while, you may notice those types of changes. And then the last thing is laughter. Mm. I'm, I'm someone who uses laughter to reset my breath. So when I hear other people laugh, I can listen to understand, okay, is that a nervous laugh or is that a relieved laugh that is allowing that person to reset their breath and come back to center? Oh, that's so cool. I, I hold my breath a lot. It's something I know about myself and 
my um, my leadership team, I love them for it. We'll be in meetings, and uh, one of them will, will typically say to me, "Noel, breathe." <laughs> <laughs> Noel, breathe. And I'm like, oh, I've been stressed out, huh? I'm holding my breath, huh? And you mm-hmm. all can see it. Great. I'm giving away my cards one by one. Though so this is um, a superpower that you have in in reading people using the coaching skill of active listening. Do you deploy this superpower on people in your everyday life? Absolutely. I'm 100% that person who in the supermarket is going to find out one of your deepest, darkest secrets. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I have it stamped on my forehead. It just says, tell me. (laughs) How does it work in your personal relationships? Oh, gosh. You know what? I do admit that those people who know me best know that I've always been inquisitive. I've always been curious. So for my family members who have known me all my life, namely my brother, he knows that I always have questions and that's normal. Um, But I'm not always necessarily coaching them. Um, And then I also do take a moment to step back and, and, you know, listen to hear what they're saying. And then when they give me that pause and they look at me, they usually will say, okay, go ahead. (laughs) And I know I I have to ask them like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming with what I'm about to say, but do you want the friend version or the coach version? (laughs) Right, right, right. And it's, um, and once you build those muscles as a coach, it's, it's hard to turn off. Um, my husband will sometimes say to me, you know, all right, you know, I know the questioning is coming. Like, let's just get it out of the way <laughs> so I can clear whatever it is. And, you know, that's a great lead into to powerful questioning. To you, uh, knowing how deeply you work in the world of coaching, what is powerful questioning and why is it beneficial? Uh, I feel that the ultimate show or or honoring of curiosity, our natural curiosity is with questioning. And to me, I feel that open-ended questions are the questions that help you to really get to the thing behind the thing. Mm-hmm. And people have heard me say this before. And that's that's where we find that there's more to the story, that there's more than what's just on the surface. And it allows us to ask even more in-depth or powerful questions to follow. Yeah. So a powerful question that's coming up for me is a really great example of what you said is, um, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? So at the outset, asking that of someone, anyone gives you that information, where would you take that as, as a coach? Or, you know, let's say, uh, we just asked me that, you know, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? And and the answer is I'm going to keep building this company in the way that I want to um, as a, a progressive c- collective in the world. So how how do we drill down once we drop those bombs? It's so funny. As soon as you asked that question and offered an answer, before you offered an answer, my next question was, and what's stopping you? Mm. Ooh, what's stopping me? Damn. So what's stopping me is is probably that space where idea meets reality, right? Where we have um, 
very lofty hopes and dreams. And then we actually get to the place where it's time to do the damn thing. You realize it's just not that one thing. It's actually a set of 250 tasks and Mm -hmm. influence and buy-in from other people. And so things are taking a lot longer. (laughs) I can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Than I thought they would. And fear too, fear. I have to say that as a leader, um, living through the pandemic, the civil rights crisis, and watching um, the the clause of cancel culture mm-hmm. sink into pretty much anyone with a voice and an opinion um, in different ways, or at least the awareness of it. Um, it's given me great pause in saying, well, how do I do this in, in a new landscape, in a changing world? Yes. It's more terrifying now than ever before to be an outspoken, opinionated person with purpose because of cancel culture and what that means for for the trajectory of what you want to accomplish. And I I would have to say that, not that I'm I'm coaching you, but the next question after that, to me at least, is, well, what do you need to address or resolve in order to begin to put a dent in those 250 things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I love that you're coaching me. It's it's a it's a great question and this is a great demonstration. Um so obviously, you know, in in leadership and in um in execution of any large goal, whether whether you're leading an organization or you want to change your one precious individual life, um, there's strategy involved. And humans are not an island. And so we can't and shouldn't do things alone. And what I know now that I didn't know before is how vital it is to take the time to build the foundation of relationships and to gather support from brilliant people all around you to say, yes, this is what we're going to do. And then to create that kind of groundswell for folks to buy in and then many hands make light work. We can push together. So you're my kind of client. ah, (laughs) You're hired. (laughs) Well, that's, that's, so that brings me to a great question. What makes a good client? Oh gosh. I, I work with people who have that big, beautiful, hairy, audacious or audacious goal, that thing that they, that they really are passionate about and, and that they're working to frame a plan around. Because my thing is I love to hatch a plan. I've been doing it for many, many years, maybe since high school. And, uh, I, I get excited working with people who also have at some point in their lives or in their careers have experienced a certain level of disempowerment, um, feeling disenfranchised, or just generally feeling disengaged because my goal is to help them plug the power back in. Mm. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of plugging the power back in. It's so easy to get disengaged in life because uh, everything is hard, literally right now. Um, And I think that when folks first come into the space of coaching, and I'd love your feedback on this, it feels to me that 
folks come in with such a groundswell of hope and then we get into coach training and then it gets real when we start peer coaching or we start working with our first few pro bono clients and we see firsthand the impact of the shock and awe of our existence on real people and how the world can kind of ground you down. And uh, I feel young coaches take on too much of the burden for others in, in plugging in that power. So one of the classes that you run for Lumia is the two-way mirror session. And that is such a fantastic class. Thank you for it. What is that class about? What do you see with this conundrum of the world is hard (laughs) and, and working as a coach? Gosh, I tell you, that's such a loaded question and, and set up because, um, yeah, you know what? Things are hard. I say, I say that doing is work, being is effortless. And it's something that I had to learn how to step into and live into as a coach because, yeah, my first, my first years as a coach, they were hard and they were terrifying because I went from working in a very cushy retail banking environment for 15 years. And then a week later, I turned around and walked in and opened up a business account. Um, So those things are incredibly challenging. And I see a lot of that through two-way mirror because that's an opportunity for students to come with their their terrors basically or their their feelings about making this change this transition this leap into something that feels so familiar and yet at the same time so uncertain and it's i love it because it's an opportunity to also allow the other students to hear someone relate to them and, mm. and, and share their story in an open way where they're also being coached. So there's so much that happens in two-way mirror at the same time. And it, it's my favorite. It's one of the most challenging. It moves very quickly for two hours, but it is for me, my absolute favorite to get to not only coach someone, but then also observe everyone and as much as possible, give them live on the spot feedback on, on what they're delivering as a coach. I I love um, that you talked about how important it is to be able to relate to others. And for me, thinking about our organization, thinking about um, the diversity that we herald, storytelling is so important to coach training. And it's a piece of coach training that's not sanctioned. Storytelling isn't one of the ICF standards, but in order to relate to others, we need to understand ourselves. And in coaching, personal development is professional development. How do you see storytelling show up in the process that one takes to become a coach? Storytelling becomes part of how you develop and deliver your personal brand. Mm. And, and it's how people start to understand your, your image or your experience even without necessarily being beholden to or relying upon 
your outcome as a coach. So for me, I, I personally love being able to tell my stories of how I've gotten to where I am, because for me, some of them are funny, even on days when they have not been pleasant or the days that I had been disempowered, disenfranchised or disengaged. I'm happy to share that those stories are part of what have made me who I am today. And, and it's not always pretty. Yeah, that's such an important reminder. I I feel like folks often say, well, if it's not pretty, I'm doing it wrong. And that's so not true. And one of the pieces that comes up for me in thinking about coaching and why coaching is so valuable for just life application is the space for reflection. You know, what did I learn from this giant dumpster fire? And what can I take with me into the future? Um, How do you relate to those unpretty moments? And what do you do with them when they happen? Oh my gosh. I have come from a series of many, many dumpster fires. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, gosh, what, what is this saying? You know, that pressure creates diamonds. Um, I think that that is a necessary evil. I think that, that, you know, pain is inevitable in life, but suffering is optional. So if we're able to take from those experiences that, that hurt that generally suck, that, you know, feel like they have torn us apart or broken us down and take just one small gem from that to say, okay, and this is how I'm going to move forward into tomorrow and still be a better version of myself. Yes. Yes. And, you know, the humanity that is implicit in all of this is another piece that's so central to coaching. And we talk about it a little bit in the ICF standards, but I I think it might be underrepresented in terms of how important it is to, as coaches, as humans, um, both hold our own acceptance that it's okay to be a dumpster fire and to let our clients have those bad days. Um, and take it as this is a normal and natural part of life. I'm sorry. And what do you want to do with it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that people get too stuck also, Noelle, on trying to compare themselves to some version of normal that has been preset by the world at large. And that's not real. Ooh, say more about that. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's this, this to me, there's this belief, this prevailing belief that, you know, you come into the world and everyone is so excited that you're different, you're you. And then somewhere along the line, we learn or we're told, no, you have to be like everyone else. And as a coach, that is the thing that you absolutely cannot be because it, it doesn't serve anyone to do that. I think that this is the one or a few spaces where we can be our absolute unique individual selves and not be punished for it. We actually are rewarded for it and, and held to that standard of being able to tell those stories in such a way that other people do benefit from it. 
Yes, I agree. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that takes place in coach training with storytelling and being a part of a cohort, being part of a very diverse cohort is the more stories that you can hear and witness as you're going through the Lumia program, the more windows you have into what it's like to live a different kind of existence that you didn't have before. And everyone's contribution is really important in that space. And working as a coach, you're super spot on that if you rub out your shine, um, your clients are going to be missing out on, on what your uniqueness can bring to the table in service of them. As you're going through um, training all of our beautiful nuggets and muffins, as I so affectionately call them, what, what do you hope folks walk away with from your classes? I, I tend to approach the classes the same way I approach working with my clients, the same way I approach having a totally unsolicited conversation in the supermarket, whatever that might be. Um, and that is to empower people to live and lead more powerfully one question at a time. So that's what I hope that people go away from each session with. I love that. I absolutely love that. So um, as folks are listening, I'm sure that there are so many people who are saying this conversation feels like a warm hug. I really like the way that this feels. Um, I would like more of Danielle. So let's set that up. Where can people find you? What do you do in your coach life? And what kind of information do we need to give folks so they can connect with you? Oh, sure. I mean, the best place to find me is online. I am occasionally on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, probably in that order. <laughs> awesome. So Danielle Adams Wilshire, um, is there uh, a website that we want to direct folks to you? Yes. And that is queensweetcoach.com. And that is just for anyone who's familiar with the C-suite. I created my own space instead. So it's queensweetcoach.com. And on LinkedIn, the easiest way to find me is probably to look for Danielle N. Adams. And on Instagram, I'm still at queensweetcoach as well as on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for our conversation today. I know so many of our students tune in and they're going to be stoked on this conversation. Um, And thank you for, you know, all the work that you do to put great leaders and great coaches out into the world. We need so much more of this. Thank you for the opportunity to do so. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, 
this is it. 